You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody, and welcome into Locked On Clemson, where every day is a great day to be a Clemson Tiger. Happy Monday. It's great to have you with us. First up, we'll be previewing the big game this weekend between the Clemson Tigers and the Fighting Irish. It's going to be the ACC championship game. There's lots of storylines to follow in this one, and the results of this game could have a pretty big impact on the playoffs. We're also going to be talking about the Heisman Trophy and where Trevor Lawrence stands on the award. Of course, he was the frontrunner to start the season. And lastly, we'll be talking about the recruiting trail as big news happened for the Tigers over the last 72 hours with recent flip of LSU cornerback commit Nate Wiggins out of Westlake High School. I'm your new host, Ellis Tolbert. Be sure to follow me on Twitter. That's at Ellis Tolbert, E-L-L-I-S-T-O-L-B-E-R-T to continue the conversation. And most importantly, don't forget to subscribe and follow Locked On Clemson for free. And you can find that wherever you find your podcast. We'll be here five days a week talking all things Clemson. Locked On Clemson, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and make sure to use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for 20% off of your next order. Clemson is going to be looking for their sixth straight ACC title, as well as another appearance in the college football playoffs, while Notre Dame is looking for their first ever, if not only ever, ACC title. Of course, they joined the conference in 2020 as an independent due to COVID, and they've run roughshod through the conference to an undefeated regular season, even handing Clemson the first loss in the regular season since Syracuse. This is a pretty big deal. Of course, the winner of this game is a virtual lock for the playoffs. The loser is going to be on the outside looking in, as expressed by both head coach Brian Kelly of Notre Dame and Dabo Sweeney of Clemson. Take a listen. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Look, it's not my decision to make, but our body of work is pretty good. I mean, you know, we would have beaten the number one team in the country. Who knows how North Carolina is going to finish against uh, Miami? Um, Ten and one, um, probably. If if we're making an assumption losing to Clemson, that's number four in the country. Um, I think that's a pretty good body of work. Um, It'll put us right there in terms of uh, you know making a decision. So yeah, I would say that. you know, as long as we're we're competitive and playing at, at the level that we've played at all year, yeah, we probably should be one of the four teams. So, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a really obviously that's a tough question to answer in in, in my position because you know, um, I mean, we we feel like we're definitely one of the best four teams in the country, and there there's nothing that's going to happen in that game next week for Clemson or Notre Dame that's going to change that, in my opinion. You know, and that's based on. That was Brian Kelly and Dabo Swinney, both positioning their teams for the college football playoffs, regardless of what happens this Saturday in Charlotte. I think this game has the most intrigue of all college football games being played this Saturday because I believe this will be the game that shapes the playoffs. Both teams have a better resume than the other teams behind them, and we'll get into that shortly. But you heard Dabo Swinney say it. The data points show that these are two of the best four teams in the country, and that is what the committee is tasked with, finding the best four teams in the country. I know a lot of those things happen, and there's a lot of rule bending here and there, but we're going to really get into what they're talking about. So first and foremost, Clemson wins this game. I think there is no doubt they get into the playoffs. They avenge the only loss that they have on the regular season, which was to Notre Dame. Notre Dame was number four when they played. They're number two now. That's a really good resume, in my opinion. 
Clemson loses this game, you still have a better shot of getting into it than Florida, Texas A&M, Cincinnati, and whoever else you want to add to it. I guess you could add Iowa State. You talk about a team like Notre Dame. You win this game, you're completely undefeated for the regular season, not only beating the number one team in the country at your house, but now beating them on a neutral site as the number three team in the country. There is no doubt that they would get into the playoffs and remain at the number two spot. You lose this game, you will have a loss to the number three team. That's better than anything that Florida, Texas A&M, Cincinnati, and Iowa State could offer. And we'll talk about this really quick. First and foremost, we saw that Alabama is going to be playing Florida for the SEC championship game. I don't think this game matters as much because, one, I don't think very many people are picking Alabama to lose to Florida. I think previous to this weekend, you saw a lot of what was happening with Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, and the rest of the guys on the Florida Gators team. You thought that there might be a chance. But after losing to LSU with a bunch of boneheaded decisions, no one's really calling for that. Give me a second to reel right here really quick. If Florida is considering a loss to Texas A&M as a quote-unquote good loss, then the exact opposite of that is losing in Ben Hill Griffin Stadium to the trash juice of a team in LSU in 2020, led by a true freshman quarterback and Max Johnson, who was a little bit hobbled. When you had aspirations of the playoffs and having a pretty much Heisman-locked quarterback in Kyle Trask before Saturday, that's unacceptable. So, in my opinion, if Clemson loses a tight game, I'm talking about a very good game that has all the fireworks and less than seven points to Notre Dame, I still think that Clemson has a better shot to get in the playoffs than Florida. They deserve to get in the playoffs over Florida, even if Florida beats Alabama. We already know Alabama is going to get in the playoffs regardless. So I don't think that fourth spot should go to Florida, even if they beat them. The reason why is because that loss to LSU. Again, Clemson's only losses if they lose to Notre Dame and Charlotte this Saturday is one to Notre Dame, a team that you had to go up and play without your star quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, Tyler Davis, Mike Jones, and the quarterback of the defense in Jamie Skalski, as well as a litany of other Clemson players going down during the game. I think that would be forgiven. Oh, by the way, Clemson went into this game with a true freshman in his second start ever in DJ Uyunglele, still put up 400 plus yards. That's a forgiven loss. You meet this team again when they are the number two team in the country playing in the ACC championship game. If it's a tight game, I don't care. Clemson still gets in that game. You would have met this team twice, and they were a top four team twice. That's forgiven. You want to move on to Ohio State? I still think Clemson has a better resume than Ohio State. I think Ohio State had to be given some things to be able to get into the playoffs. Do I think that they might be one of the best four teams in the country? Probably. Have we seen enough from them to know? Probably not. This is why I think Clemson should get in over Ohio State. You want to go to Texas A&M? Sure. You've got that one loss on your resume. But the one loss is a terrible loss to the number one team in the country. That should still matter. That's a terrible loss. It wasn't competitive at all. So I'm going to go ahead and say Clemson's losses are still better than Texas A&M's resume. I'm going to go do the same thing for Cincinnati. You can do the same thing for a team like Iowa State, who lost by two touchdowns to Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns. Clemson has a better resume regardless. You could do the same thing in fairness for Notre Dame. It's actually an even bigger margin of discrepancy when you're talking about Notre Dame up against these teams because they haven't lost to anyone but Clemson, which was the number three team in the country when they played them at full strength. It, it, it doesn't matter. This is why I think this game is going to have that much intrigue to it. 
It's going to be a back and forth game. It's going to be a lot of different things. You're going to see Clemson try to do some things differently. I'll talk more about that later in the week when we do the previews. We'll do the scores as well. Look, we're going to get granular with you. We're going to be talking X's and O's, scheme. We're going to talk offense and defense, what this team needs to do to get ready for this Notre Dame team that feels like they've gotten stronger as the season progressed. I'm not necessarily nervous because this is what Clemson is built for. This is part of that culture that Dabo has brought to the Clemson Tiger program. Look, there is a reason why the Tigers are going for their sixth straight ACC title. They're going for yet another college football playoff appearance for a chance at a national championship. Of course, we all know we've got two already in this past decade. Super excited about that. This is why they bring in the recruits that they bring in. This is why they bring in the coaches that they bring in. This is why they do what they do. Best is the standard. And they're going to uphold that. And I believe that's going to get Clemson to the win in Charlotte this weekend. Because, hey, at the end of the day, we want Dabo at the post game talking about bring your own guts and leaving Notre Dame fans in Charlotte feeling lugubrious because that's what we want. We want that. Hey, in the next segment, we're going to be talking about some Heisman stuff. Before we get into that, I got a question for you, and I want you to be honest. Be really honest with me. Do you ever feel like you're always on? No, seriously, do you ever feel like you're always on? These days, everything is go, 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 go. Nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. You got Zoom on one computer monitor. You got Netflix on the other. You got your kids hollering in the background. You got your cell phone buzzing. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset. Seems like work, friends, family, million pressing social issues and other stuff, and the expectation to be on 24-7. Well, I got something for you, my friend. That is when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light. It's literally made to chill. This is something that you want. Look, watching football is therapeutic defense. We all know that. It's uninterrupted me time. Pretty much just an excuse to chill and drink beer. We all like that, right? With minimal college football teams playing this year, Coors Light wants fans to know that there are still plenty of teams and sports out there that will allow them to relax and drink a beer and enjoy it. It's mountain cold refreshment, made to chill. Coors Light is cold lager, cold filter, and cold package. It's literally made to chill. I've said this a million times. The taste, it's crisp, refreshing, just as the Colorado Rockies. It's like you're drinking from the mountain itself. Perfect for the moment to unwind. And I got a pro tip for you. Make sure that you have a cooler filled to the brim with Coors Light this weekend. The game between the Tigers and the Irish is likely to get crazy, and you're going to need something that's going to keep you from jumping off the ledge and blowing a head gasket. So take it from me, folks, when you need to hit that reset button, when you just need to chill out, reach for the beer that is literally made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door. You don't even have to do a beer run anymore. You can sit around and watch the game in your underwear and have the beer delivered directly to your door if you'll go to get.coorslight.com. And as always, my friend, celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Coming up on Tuesday, we're going to be previewing the Clemson men's basketball showdown with Virginia Tech, what to watch for, and a prediction with former Clemson player and coach Terrence Oglesby, and much more. Be sure to tune in right here on Tuesday for Locked On Clemson. We're all in on Locked On Clemson. We're going to be talking Heisman Trophy. Trevor Lawrence was the front runner for the award at the start of the season, as it was presumed Justin Fields of Ohio State wasn't going to be playing until spring of 21. Now, after missing a few games to COVID and the ascension of other players, Trevor has seemingly become an afterthought 
for the award. But I doubt that truly bothers him a whole lot, especially when he has a chance at some other more prestigious hardware. Here's a peek into his mindset. Yeah, it would be obviously be a huge honor. Something I grew up, um, I wouldn't say necessarily, necessarily dreaming about. That wasn't ever the main goal for me. Or I mean, that's obviously something as a kid. It's cool to look at and be like, man, I hope I can do that one day. So I definitely have had that thought. But grew up watching it, have a lot of respect for everyone that's won it. It's a really prestigious award, obviously. But uh, to be honest, I just I don't I don't think about it too much. That's just it's like any award that you I mean, it's it's special in the sense that it is the most prestigious award in, in college football, which is awesome. But people still vote on it. And it's, it's kind of a hard thing to say. Like, how do you compare players? Um, I mean, sometimes it's easy, but sometimes you compare a quarterback to a running back to a receiver. I mean, it's just hard to it's hard to compare that. So I don't really take too much stake in that necessarily. It would be a huge honor and whoever wins that um, deserves it. You know, they obviously you're playing at a super high level if you can win that award. But um, if I win it, that'll be great. It'd be a huge honor for me, be big for Clemson University, for my family. Um, and I'd love that. But regardless, I mean, it doesn't change anything. Uh, I still know who I am, still believe in myself, have confidence in myself. And uh, But, I mean, it would be really cool and definitely something that obviously hasn't happened here before. Trevor said something that we all know to be true, and it resonates with all of us. It's that this award is voted on by opinion. It has nothing to do with any kind of factual evidence. It's all opinions. We've seen this over the years. This is one of the reasons why Clemson does not have a Heisman Trophy winner to this point. Of course, again, Trevor Lawrence is the best player in college football. That's marked by the fact that he will be the number one pick in the NFL draft coming up this season. In fact, if Clemson were to somehow keep Trevor Lawrence for another year, if he were to come out the next season, he would still be the number one pick in the draft. That's how transcending of a quarterback this kid is. But He's done more than just play the game for Clemson. He's been the face of college football pretty much all year. Everyone talked about this guy. He's won more games than most teams have won in four years in just three. The guy has graduated already. He is the top of the line player, great person, even better person. But if we're talking about a stats-driven award, which is what this has turned into over the last decade or so, I don't know that Trevor Lawrence has enough time to make up for it. So let's go ahead and talk about Trevor Lawrence's stats. He's got 2,431 yards passing with 20 touchdowns and three interceptions. Mind you, he only has three interceptions. Last year, he started the season with three interceptions in the first two games. He had more than that, actually. So the kid's playing really good football. He's played much better football now. His quarterback rating is around 85. He's really, really good. The only thing is there are players with higher numbers than him much higher numbers, and we all know that comes with a caveat, so we'll talk about that too. Kyle Trask at Florida uh, seems to be the Heisman frontrunner now. He has Joe Burrow-like numbers, 3,717 yards passing with 40 touchdowns, five interceptions, and a 90.3 quarterback rating. Look, 40 touchdowns is a lot. That's Joe Burrow numbers. The next closest guy this season has 30 touchdown passes. That's 10 less than what Kyle Trask has. The guy's been balling out of his mind. But his team isn't that good, and we saw that this past weekend. They got exposed. Even in that game, two bad interceptions against a secondary for LSU that did not have Derek Stingley. So it's one of those things where I I have to pause a little bit. And, you know, a lot of the hoopla was that the winner of the Heisman Trophy will likely be the winner in Atlanta this next Saturday uh, between Mac Jones of Alabama and Kyle Trask at Florida. 
You know, Kyle Trask, again, I think his Heisman hopes have been dampered a little bit. But if Mac Jones have a big game in, in this SEC championship game, I can't see that he wouldn't win it either. He's got pretty good stats as well. 3,321 yards passing with 27 touchdowns, three interceptions, and the highest quarterback rating in the country at 96. The guy's been balling out of his mind. I know there was a lot of questions about would Mac Jones be able to step up in place of Tua, and he's done a valiant effort, even with Jalen Waddle being hurt. But again, we're going to go back to this. Is this a best player on the best team or is it the best player with the best stats? And I think it's more of the stats driven thing. Again, this is why I think it's probably going to be status quo. Clemson likely won't have another Heisman quarterback. We've seen this happen before. Sean Watson had the stats. He had the wins, but he went up against a Lamar Jackson that had even better stats, even when they played head to head. Clemson still edged them out, but that did not matter to the votes uh, of the Heisman. They had already crowned Lamar Jackson the Heisman Trophy winner after he went off on Florida State. It was just crazy. He was jumping over people during Charlotte. He was jumping over people at Syracuse, but Deshaun Watson should have won that award. He also got robbed from it a little bit earlier, too, the season before that with Derrick Henry. Now, Tosh Boyd, also another Clemson great, had these stats, did not have the wins. Of course, he went head-to-head with a guy, Jameis Winston, in a matchup where Clemson was supposed to blow this team out and ended up getting blown out by one of the best teams in college football history in that 2013 Florida State team. But we just haven't had the opportunities to really get a guy in there and win it. Now, Trevor, again, was supposed to win it. If you look, if you rewind this, 15 or so weeks, Trevor Lawrence was the Heisman winner in everyone's eyes. Didn't matter about schedule. Throw all that out. I know a lot of people always like to talk about the schedule stuff. Throw all of that out. Trevor Lawrence was going to be the winner. But to me, I I don't think it should be about stats because it should definitely be about who is the best player with his team for the chance of a national championship. Right now, that looks like a two-headed race between Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones. I guess I would have to give the nod to Mac Jones because his numbers right now reflect better than Trevor Lawrence. But we're going to get into this because if we're talking numbers, Dylan Gabriel has 3,353 passing yards with 30 touchdowns and four interceptions. I mean, he's got crazy numbers, but they've got three losses, three terrible losses. So, you know, it can't be about the numbers. But if we want to get into it, why not? Of course, we saw... Trevor went down with COVID. He was unable to play in the Boston College game, and that transferred over to the Notre Dame game. After that, Clemson had a bye week and was supposed to play Florida State. That game was postponed right before the game. It was postponed because Florida State, for some reason, just decided to opt out, I guess. But, you know, he would have had a lot of yards in this game. Let's talk about this. In Boston College, DJ Uyunglele, a true freshman in his first start ever, throws for 400 yards passing. In the second game against the very Notre Dame Irish team that they're going to be playing this Saturday, DJ Uyunglele in South Bend threw for 400 plus yards passing again. So he had almost 800 yards pass, over 800 yards passing, excuse me, in two weeks. Trevor Lawrence could have definitely replicated that. Of course, Clemson style varies a little bit more with Trevor in there. They're able to do more things. They're able to open up the playbook a little bit more. They don't have to rely on passing all the time. He's able to make teams respect him so they're a little bit more balanced. But I still think that Trevor could have thrown for 400 yards in each game as well. Now you go back to the fact that he missed Florida State. He could have thrown for 500 in the first half in that game. If you don't believe me, he almost did it against Georgia Tech in two quarters. So I think Trevor Lawrence could have had that amount of numbers. He could have also done that, of course, when he came back 
the first game in a couple, a long couple of weeks where Trevor wasn't able to play. He came in and had 400 yards passing, 403 to be exact, just one yard shy of his own personal high that he set just a couple of weeks earlier at Georgia Tech in one half. So I think if he plays those games against Boston College, Notre Dame, and Florida State, he could have definitely had the same kind of numbers, if not better, than Mac Jones and Kyle Trask. But hey, it's okay. You know, he's going to leave Clemson as the most decorated quarterback ever if he wins a national championship, another piece of hardware he would probably rather have. He's going to leave also as the number one pick and relish with that big old paycheck. I just hope he's going to spend his first paycheck on a parka for the Jets. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to be talking about four-star cornerback commit Nate Wiggins out of Westlake High School and a cornerback that he reminds me of. More on Locked On Clemson. But before we do that, let me tell you about my friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Trust me, seriously. They are an improved Built Bar. It's even more delicious. Sir. They've got 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors for all you allergy people out there. they got six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, I love that one the best, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and almond crisp. That's along with the 12 original flavors in coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, which is amazing, mint brownie, Salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, oh man, coconut, peanut butter, brownie. Bars are soft. They are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're healthy for you too. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy or gal, which I know you are. It's going to help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a great treat. Very delicious. These bars are low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. Great for the keto diet that we're all apparently on these days. I mean, just look at the coconut almond one. It's got 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. And are you ready for this? I'm going to throw you an offer out there. You're going to get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. So you need to go ahead and get that up. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And you'll get 20% off of your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at Built Bar. Go do it. NBA fans, listen up. The Locked On NBA podcast is getting you ready for the start of the regular season with a special week of Team Preview podcast all this week. Plus, waiver warrior additions from the Locked On Fantasy Basketball and rookies to watch from draft guru Chad Ford. I'll be tuning in to preview the Orlando Magic. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcast. We're Locked On Clemson, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got pretty big news on the recruiting trail for the Clemson Tigers. Huge pickup over the weekend. Four-star 2021 cornerback Nate Wiggins out of Westlake High School. That's in Atlanta, Georgia. Has flipped from LSU to the Clemson Tigers. The better Tigers, in my opinion. Debo pulling the old flipperoo. Now, this is a very big pickup for the Clemson Tigers. They missed out on Nylon Green, who signed with the Georgia Bulldogs. And picking up Wiggins likely means he will be the only cornerback taken in the 2021 recruiting cycle. He's got great size. He is versatile. He can play all along the secondary. He can play cornerback, safety, nickel, whatever you need him to do. He can even go over to the offensive side of the ball and play wide receiver as he played a little bit of that at Westlake High School. He is rated as the number six cornerback in the nation as reported by 247 Sports. This is a big deal. Again, Clemson's going to need some extra bodies in that secondary 
after this season. He's currently the teammate of another Clemson 2021 commit in Dakari Collins, wide receiver. These guys are going to be awesome for Clemson. They both come out of Westlake High School. They're starting to build a little bit of a network, a little bit of communication, a little bit of a relationship with Westlake High School. I talked about earlier, there's a cornerback that he reminds me a lot of. He's 6'2", 170 pounds, reminds me a lot of A.J. Terrell, cornerback that was taken by the Atlanta Falcons in the first round. Great cornerback for the Clemson Tigers. Also went to Westlake High School. This is awesome because he reminds me a lot of the same guy. A lot of the same kind of ball skills, a lot of the same kind of speed. Excited to see this guy play. The signing of Wiggins keeps Clemson in the top five of rivals recruiting. I think they're at number five right now. They have 18 commits. One five-star, 14 four-stars. Average stars across the board is 3.89. That tells you that they're getting quality players. And I think it's going to be a big deal. Again, you're going to need this guy because Clemson's going to be relying on new faces next season yet again to lead the secondary. At cornerback, you're probably going to be losing a guy like Darion Kendrick. If he gets a good draft grade, I can imagine him going. If he doesn't, he can probably stay. Having a guy like Wiggins is just going to bolster that opportunity. On the other side of the ball, you're probably going to have uh, Andrew Booth, Lee Anthony Williams, Mario Goodrich. Those guys are all going to be there playing a big part. On the secondary safety spot, you might have some shakeup a little bit. Nolan Turner is going to be leaving. I imagine he'll be leaving. Um, you know, he has the opportunity to come back, but Clemson really needs more people in that secondary. Fresh bodies always helps. The more you get them reps early on, the better off it is. I imagine Jalen Phillips will be there, Joseph Charleston. You also got Landon Zanders who will be coming back for his junior year. This is going to be really good for Clemson getting these guys. Of course, it adds on to Andrew Makuba, another safety that signed with Clemson. These are just good things for all Clemson recruiting. Plus, this does not factor in the fact that Clemson is still in the running for defensive end Corey Foreman out of California. Foreman is a prototypical defensive end. He's got a 6'6", 260-pound frame. Reminds me a lot of a guy like Miles Murphy, a current Clemson football player, who out of high school, they just looked pre-baked. These guys are ready to go. They're grown men. They're going to make a pretty big impact should he sign. Of course, Foreman was committed to Clemson, but decommitted to be able to pursue other schools and look at other things. But now we're back in the running for it. It seems to be a three-way race with USC and Arizona State and Clemson. And I know that there's pros and cons to each school. So let's go ahead and start with Clemson. First, you're going to be playing for a team that is a perennial powerhouse with a stable coaching staff that is proven. You're going to be a winner if you go to Clemson. You don't have to worry about your coach bolting or getting fired. Most importantly, you're going to be playing under Dabo Sweeney, one of the best coaches in college football. Your direct coordinator is going to be Brent Venables, one of the best coordinators in college football. And your position coaches are going to be Todd Bates and Lemansky Hall, two guys that have proven to be able to develop players and get them into the NFL. Look at to the 2018 draft for the NFL. That tells you everything that you want to know there. I guess one problem that could be present would be you're coming in with two other defensive ends, and Miles Murphy has proven that he can play right now. So the stranglehold on the defensive end position has kind of bottlenecked a little bit. You're still going to have Xavier Thomas. You're going to have Justin Mascal, KJ Henry. You have a lot of players in that lineup that can play that DN spot. This is where versatility will be good for a guy like Foreman. I know the flashy pick is going to USC, the hometown team, but I just worry about the stability there. You know, Clay Helton's on the hot seat every other year. Then he's taken off of it and he's put back on it because he beat somebody that he wasn't supposed to and he's put back off of it. I, I don't get it. 
but I just don't think that that's the best location for his development. I can say the same for Arizona State, although Herm Edwards is a longtime NFL coach. He played on the defensive side of the ball in college and in the pros, so he knows what he's looking for. I just don't think that he's going to develop as much as he would going to Clemson, even with being a part of a rotation that is as big as it is at Clemson. Now, look, these guys, if he were to sign, this is going to be one of the best defensive revivals. If you thought Clemson's defense had been really good over the past few years, in a few years, you're going to be going, wow, this is insane. This is legendary type stuff. I'm talking about the players that they're getting are going to be transcendent and they're going to help this offense with DJ Uyunglele and guys like Will Shipley, Takari Collins, Bo Collins, Troy Stilato, who's going to be a secret sleeper. I'm telling you right now, this guy's going to start soon for Clemson. I just think that Clemson is going to be even better. When Dabo said the best is yet to come, he really meant it. I believe it. Trust the process and be all in. But that about does it for this episode of Locked On Clemson. Be sure to catch us tomorrow, that's Tuesday, for Clemson men's basketball preview versus Virginia Tech with former Clemson basketball player, coach, and host of Let It Fly with T.O., Terrence Oglesby. We'll also take a look into the running back room and what's going on with Travis Etienne, as well as if one of the coordinators for the Clemson Tigers will finally bolt for a new job. It's great to be a Clemson Tiger. Follow me on Twitter at E-L-L-I-S-T-O-L-B-E-R-T. We can continue the conversation there. I'd love to hear from you. We're going to add in some more segments where you guys get your thoughts into it. Also, be sure to email us your thoughts and questions to LockedOnClemson at gmail.com. We'll try to get some of those into the show later on in the week. We're trying to find some new things to do. Hope you guys will get excited about it. As always, make sure to subscribe or follow the show so that way you can get the latest episodes as soon as they drop every morning. It's Locked On Clemson, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Go Tigers!